Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. It's Wednesday night, and uh, don't forget, Sunday's going to be a big day. We're going to go over to the new land and pray. Make sure you make plans for that. And uh, we'll believe believing that the ground's going to be dry by then. It's not supposed to rain anymore, but that doesn't mean anything in Texas. Amen. I remember when I first moved here, 15 years ago, my uncle told me, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. And it didn't mean anything to me, but that sure does mean the lot now. Amen. I totally get what he was saying. I want to brag real quick on uh, Natalie right here. Natalie, just raise your hand in case anybody doesn't know who you are. You know, this kind of leads into discipleship tonight, and, and she's not the only one, but I, we just happened to be in Fort Worth this morning taking Carla, I went to, to take Carla to the dentist, way down in Fort Worth on 30 and 35W, somewhere around there, way down there, about an hour away from we, where we live, and we were just driving, and I thought of Natalie, and I said, put it in the GPS how far Mansfield is from here. And she comes all the way from Mansfield. And so from where we were on 30 and 35, way down in Fort Worth, it was another 25 minutes to Mansfield. And she drives every Wednesday all by herself, all the way from Mansfield to come to church. Amen. I just want to brag on you. Amen. That's amazing. And I know you do it because you love the Lord. But how many know that that's an honor to be able to have a place where the gospel's being preached good enough to make a drive that far from a single lady all the way down from Fort Worth, south to Fort Worth, amen. And I know many people here drive lots of different distances because we're part of something worthwhile, amen. This is, this is and that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight, we're, we're part of something that is the greatest enterprise in the world. And we're not just, we're not just uh, participating tonight, but we are, we are honored to be a part of the kingdom of God, amen. And, and have a chance to be able to be multiplicators of the gospel and pass on the gospel to other people. Amen. So let's just open up our hearts tonight and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us tonight to receive your word. And Lord, let it be fruitful in our lives. We're all looking for fruit tonight, God. We're looking for our lives to multiply to touch other lives, Lord, and to, for our lives to make a difference. And I pray, Lord, that those that would be in any way discouraged tonight about their lives or the way that they're living or the way that they're seeing the discipleship in their life take place, that this would be an encouragement to understand that, that we are called tonight to spread this gospel around the world one person at a time, Father. Anoint your word and allow us to leave with a mindset tonight of how to serve you and live for you and do great and mighty exploits for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 28, we're going to read some very familiar uh, scriptures tonight, but I want to ask you, the title is, as you can see there, Are You Making Disciples? Now this isn't uh, just as a, as a church question, but this is an individual question. And you can answer that tonight, and it may be a yes, it may be a no, it may be an in-between, maybe I'm not sure, but the question is for you, just like on Sunday when I said, I'm the one, this question tonight is for you individually, myself individually, to ask ourselves, I believe the Lord is asking us, are we making disciples? And maybe you don't know what that means yet, so we're going to get into that tonight, but this is, this is the call of the, what's called the Great Commission. How many know a lot of times we can hear something over and over again and still never get it? It's got to be caught. We talk about how the vision of the Bible has to be caught. In other words, you can teach something over and over again, but at some point, some moment, it's like, oh, I got that. Okay, that's what that means. And I, I believe that God wants every single one of us in here tonight, whether we're young, whether we're older, whether we've been saved for a short amount of time, we've been saved a long time, to get the understanding that God has called us and commanded us, say that with me, commanded, not just asked us, but commanded us to make disciples, okay, to multiply ourselves. And I was thinking, how many tonight, I believe I would know the answer, but think about it with me, how many want to get to heaven and not just get to heaven, but be there 
and see somebody else in heaven that you took there. Amen? That, that should be every single one of our goals. And it should be at least one person. But I, I, we, we should want to have a lot more than one person. And, and the Bible talks about fruit. And the Bible talks about multiplication. And, and I don't want to say this in a way or, or, to, or to, this to go away where I'm, I'm beating us down and saying, you know, you've you got to get going. You've got to get busy. But the truth is, church, we, we have to multiply ourselves. And we're not, God, God doesn't ask us to go to heaven by ourselves. As a matter of fact, I could, I could make that a whole other message. You can't go to heaven by yourself. If you go to heaven by yourself and you don't bear any fruit, then the Bible says you'll be cut off. So we have to multiply ourselves. But we've got to have a goal that when I get to heaven, I want to be able to look over and see at least, say at least, at least one person that I have led to the Lord and I have discipled and had them follow Christ as I follow Christ. That should be the goal of every single one of us. I think I, I, think I mentioned that uh, not too long ago in the Springs Church and gave some examples about how we, we have to, we, that's the way the church multiplies is that we, we say this year, this year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win someone to the Lord and then I'm going to disciple that person and we're going to get into a little bit of what that is tonight. So it's not a con- condemning message, it's a challenging message. And the Holy Spirit is asking us tonight, to me and to you and to every one of us, are we making disciples? So here's what the Bible says in Matthew 28. These are Jesus' last famous, powerful words. Go. Amen. Go. Our, Our work here is not in the church tonight. It's not just to show up and be here. This is us being equipped to go out and do what we're supposed to do. So he says go. And the go is at work. The go is at the grocery store. The go is at at the square. The the go is at school. The go is at the hospital. The go is at the gas station. The go is wherever we go. We're going and we're making disciples of all nations. How many know you cannot make disciples if you don't get them saved first? This isn't telling us to go find Christians in the street and disciple them, although lots of Christians need to be discipled. We need to get them saved, and then we need to make them disciples. And he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. Here's the key, teaching them. See, what, 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 what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who's teachable, someone who's a learner. And so we teach somebody else, what do I teach them, Pastor? What you've learned. What you've learned might be a lot. What you've learned might be a little. But you've got to teach somebody what you've learned. You know, it might be as simple as you just might be a brand new convert, brand new Christian, brand new in the Lord, or you've just been lazy for a long time and never made a disciple. At the very least, you can teach somebody to be accountable to the church. Hey, you know what? Going to church is important. Follow me as I follow Christ. You're going to see me every Sunday. You're going to see me every Wednesday. You're going to see me every time the doors are open. That's just one to start off with right there. It's just to be in church. right? Teaching them things you've learned. Some of you in here know a lot. Some of you in here know a little. But whatever you know, you're supposed to teach somebody else what you've been taught. So he says teaching them to observe all the things. Now all the things can vary from person to person. Everybody in here doesn't know the same things. Everybody in here is not in the same place spiritually. But whatever it is you've learned, that you need to be teaching. And he says, those things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I got to thinking about this uh, today, especially as I was finishing this up. And I, I thought, what a miracle it is. Have you ever thought about what a miracle it is and what a blessing it is that God entrusts his salvation and his work on the cross to us, that's a lot of pressure too. But what a blessing. to be! I mean, I, I think here probably most of us have never been entrusted with something really, 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 really valuable like in, in, this, in this world. Like to be, a, to be a CEO of some big company or to be a manager of a, of a very wealthy uh, business or whatever. That's, that's big time. Church, that's nothing compared to what God has entrusted us with, with the gospel. He, and, and to me, it's an amazing thing that he would, to, he would trust us and say, the way I'm going to win the world, the way my gospel message is going to go to the ends of the earth is by common people that would just simply believe I can use them to touch other people's lives. So to be entrusted and, and to be 
blessed by God, the Lord himself, to say, I want you to be my disciples. I want you to go make others. But how many would agree with me tonight that discipleship, not only in our church but around the world, is not where it should be? I mean, if you run into people, not in a judgmental way, but if you run into people maybe at your workplace that you find out are Christians and they go to a church, whatever it is, or someone you know in your family and they claim to be a believer, they claim to be saved, but you don't see the lifestyle that they live lined up with what a Christian is, the lack there is discipleship. And discipleship is something that is not taught in churches enough. It's not something that is, like we're talking about tonight, it's not uh, uh, portrayed enough as important. And so I started thinking, why are there not more disciples? Why are, why are, how many know you have to be a Christian to be a disciple? You have to be saved. So you can be a Christian, a believer, and not be discipled. But you can't be discipled and not be a believer. So there's a whole bunch of people today in the world that are believers, but they haven't been discipled. And that's where we have to fill in the gap. In this place, our goal as a church, our church, because we can only control we can control, is that teenagers and young adults and older adults and the oldest adults and all the people in the church would be discipling one another. You're always being discipled. You're always discipling somebody else. But what about the reasons why? Why don't we, maybe if you're here tonight and you're saying, man, I'm not, I'm not making disciples. That, that's, that's me. You're speaking to me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but the Holy Spirit's already talking, saying this is for you. Are you making disciples? And you're saying, you know what, I'm not making disciples. Here's some of the reasons I believe people don't make disciples because outside of the obvious, which is just plain disobedience, right? Because didn't we just read there that God said, go and make disciples? So we know what we're supposed, how many know a lot of times we know what we're supposed to do, we just don't do it, right? We know. We know the Bible says we're supposed to make disciples. We know our vision is reach, teach, sin. That's the middle part of the reach, teach, sin is the discipleship. And, and the true strength of our church is based upon the strength of our discipleship in church, where we're learning from somebody else that has been through some experiences, and then as we're watching their lives and learning from them, we're watching that they're also teaching somebody else, and then somebody else is also teaching them, and it's a nonstop thing that I'm always being discipled, and I'm always discipling somebody. Whatever I'm learning, I'm teaching somebody else. Sometimes even just discipleship is with our kids. Don't raise your hands, but how many parents could say, I could, be a better, I could be a better discipler of my children? That's a good place to start, to disciple your kids. And, and so this is something that everyone is lacking. No one is doing this perfect or correctly, but it's a goal, and it's a challenge. But here's some things I think are reasons why that there are not more disciples, why there's not more emphasis on discipleship. For one, first and foremost, is because many people have never been discipled themselves. So you cannot, we talk about this all the time, you can't give what you don't have. So if you have not been discipled, then you can't disciple somebody else. But I'm just going to say this very clearly tonight. If you haven't been discipled in this church, it's not because the discipleship's not here. It's because you haven't wanted to be discipled. That's just the truth. We have an emphasis on discipleship. And so if you're not being discipled, or, or, or discipling somebody, it may be because you haven't been discipled yourself. But I can say here, between our services, between small groups, between uh, men's and women's discipleship and, 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 and Bible studies and prayer meetings and outreaches and all the things that we do, you're being discipled. But many times we haven't said, Lord, I, I'm, I've got two ears and one mouth. I'm, I'm listening right now. I'm listening to, to learn how, how, to, how to be discipled. But sometimes people don't disciple because they haven't been discipled themselves. Number two is because, this is the truth, because we're more focused on ourselves. Sometimes we can be so focused on ourselves that we're not thinking about anybody else. And that's important that you focus on yourself, but not so much that you don't make disciples. Not so much that you're not focusing on somebody else. That's self-centered. That's selfish. Another one, this is just the truth here, is that sometimes we become comfortable and lazy. We just, we just don't want to put the work in. Because it takes work to disciple somebody. 
You got to call them. You got to follow up on them. You got to ask them how they're doing. You got to hold them accountable. You got to spend time. You got to care. So sometimes we can just be comfortable and lazy. Another one that's really big is, is we're too busy with non-important things. How many would agree with me on that? Too many times we're, we're just too busy with things that, that they may be important in life, but they're not important to eternity. They're not important to changing someone's eternal life. And so sometimes we're just too busy. In other words, discipleship takes a strategy and it takes decisiveness and it takes a decision. That I'm, I'm going dis- to find somebody. We've been talking about this. I'm going to find somebody that God has put in my life that I'm going to disciple. Amen? I'm going to teach that person what I've learned. And it's not like you just walk up to this person and say, hey, my name is Kendra. I'm going to disciple you. My name is Alyssa. I'm, I'm here to disciple you. Okay? That's probably not going to work. Because immediately that person is going to think, well, who are you to tell me that I need to be disciple? That's not how it works. Discipleship works by action. Discipleship works by relationship. Okay, and so God has people around you in your life that you can disciple. And when you're, when, listen to this, when you're doing the right thing and you're living the right life and you've got fruit in your life, people are going to come around and they're going to they're gonna ask. They're not going to say, hey, will you disciple me necessarily? But they're going to be watching because they're going to see fruit in your life. Okay, so sometimes it's just that we're too busy. Here's another one. We let fear trump our obedience. I can't, I'm afraid to disciple somebody. What if I'm discipling somebody and I mess up? That's a big reason people don't do discipleship. Because I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail. I'm going to do this wrong or that wrong. And so I, I, who, how can I teach somebody else? Did you see anywhere in the scriptures, especially in Matthew 28, 19, and 20? Let's just put that back up again real quick. Just think of all the things that I just said. Anywhere between go and therefore, do you see any of these things I just read? Don't, you know, if you don't, go unless you have never been discipled. Go unless you're more focused on others. Go unless you're too comfortable and late. He doesn't, he doesn't put any of those things in there. He just says go and make disciples. So we have to put all these, these thoughts aside. Well, what if I fail or what if I'm not a good enough example? Or He didn't say any of that. He said go and do it. In other words, he's entrusted us. To, tr- to, to do the right thing by doing it, not by making excuses, okay? You can take it back down. Here's another thing. They think, here's last two. These are very important. P- when I say they, this is people who aren't making disciples. I hope nobody in here is that. I hope we're all making disciples tonight. But it says, my thought is, because they think making disciples, this is a good one, is preaching sermons or teaching classes. That's not what discipleship is. Okay. In other words, for, for an example for me as the pastor, if I do men's discipleship every Friday, yes, I'm teaching, but the greatest teaching that I'm giving Friday mornings is discipline, a prayer life, how I treat my wife, how I treat my kids, my life, not the things I'm teaching in, the, in a class. Anybody can get up and teach a class. Anybody can hold a microphone and preach a message. But the lifestyle behind the message is what causes discipleship to happen. You all following me on that? So a lot of times we think that that's what discipleship is. Well, I need to be a teacher, or I need to have a, have a platform, or I need to have a pulpit, or I need to be in tra- a charge of a discipleship class to disciple people. That's not what the Bible tells us. And here's the last one. These are just some reasons, and you could probably throw some in yourself. People think it's the pastor's responsibility. To, to disciple everybody. Amen? That's not, that's, not, that's not what the Bible says. It did not say there, go pastors and disciple everybody. He says, there go, for, go therefore and make disciples. And remember from Mark 16, who are the people who can cast out demons, lay their hands on the sick, and do all the things that the Bible says we can do? Who are those people? Those who what? Believe. Not the super evangelist, not the mega pastor, not the great teacher, just a believer. Some, somebody in here could be the most common, the most quiet, the most visually non-visible person here, and you could be the greatest discipler in this church. And the only person that knows it is the people you're discipling and the Lord. Because you don't go around saying, man, I'm discipling like 10 people right now. 
man, I'm discipling like half the church right now. No, you just do it by your life, and people are following. That's what making disciples is, okay? So you can be a disciple maker by sharing the gospel with others. This is exactly what discipleship is. By sharing the gospel with others and helping equip them to do the same. So, Pastor, what are you talking about? What is discipleship? Here it is. You, you are a disciple maker when you share the gospel. How many know we cannot lead somebody to Jesus? That's not our job. Our job is to pass them the card. Our job is to tell them our testimony. Our job is to share our faith with who? Anybody that will listen. When? At any time they'll listen. Where? Any place that they'll listen. And those places are not at the church. This discipleship happens sometimes here, but this isn't where discipleship really happens. Discipleship happens at work. Discipleship happens at your house. Discipleship happens at an outreach. Discipleship happens in, in your marriage. You, are, you might not have somebody saying, hey, you're discipling me, but if you have a marriage that's admirable, other couples are watching you, and you're discipling them without even knowing it. Your faithfulness, your, your commitment to the Lord is being seen by other people. So it's not like they're just coming up and, and you have like these marks and check marks that says how many people you're discipling. But you're telling people about the gospel. And then the second part is, watch this, helping equip them to do the same thing. Are y'all following me on, on this? So you're sharing with somebody all the time, everywhere, at any moment, the gospel of Jesus Christ, what it means to you. And then when somebody gets saved or when somebody shows interest back, then you say, now, let's help this person do what somebody else did to me. How many know tonight you're saved here tonight because somebody invited you? Somebody told you about Jesus. There's very, I, I doubt there's very many people in here that had a Saul experience where there was nobody involved in their salvation, that, they, that light came from heaven and you fell off your horse or fell out of your car and had an experience like Saul did. That, that's very rare. Most conversions happen with somebody telling somebody else about Jesus and that person touched your life and, and, and you say, because of what they said to me or how they lived, that's why I'm saved. And then so now you need to do that with somebody else. You need to do what somebody else did to you to get you saved. You need to do that to somebody else. That's discipleship. Sharing the gospel. Okay? Sharing the gospel and helping others equip them to do the same. Here's some verses. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It's very important that we understand how important we are to God. That's why I preached Sunday about being the one. I'm the one. I am the one that Jesus came to die for. I'm that special. Before I move on tonight, I just want you to answer inside yourself, not to me out loud. Do you believe, I'm just asking everyone here, do you really believe that Jesus came to die just for you? You need to, you need to answer that question. I believe, without a doubt, that Jesus would come back and do it again just for me. If I needed it, he would come back and die again just for me. I don't know if you believe that or not, but I believe that's how special I am in God's eyes. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe that you're the one, you're not going to be a good disciple. You know why? Because you don't really believe in the product that you're preaching. Amen? But if you really believe it, then you're going to tell people about it. And so I, you need to know that you are God's workmanship. You are handcrafted. Amen? Handcrafted. And created in Christ Jesus, you got to believe this, for good works. Do you believe that? Answer that yourself. If you don't believe that, you got to get to the altar and let God show you that that's the case. You have to believe you're his workmanship. You have to believe his word as it is. And it says God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know what that means to me? That means that God's already got all the people you're supposed to reach planned. And he's just waiting for you to fulfill it. Do you believe that God knows how many people you're supposed to reach? How many people he had planned for you to reach? 
How many of us are really, really doing what God's called us to do? How many of us are, and I don't, again, don't take this as a condemning message. Take it as a challenging message from the Holy Spirit. God is basically saying tonight, are we doing what I've called you to do? Am I making, am I making disciples? But I can't do that if I don't believe that I am who God says I am. I'm his workmanship. And, and you might say, well, you just don't know my story. You don't know the mistakes I made. You don't. Again, God is telling you, you are his workmanship. How many know workmanship means he's working on you? He didn't say you were the finished product. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith, but that's the finished result. We are a work in progress. Tell the person next to you, you're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Like we said Sunday, I am not where I want to be, but I'm definitely not where I was. Amen? Amen? So I'm his workmanship, and he's created me. Put that up one more time, please. In Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What else is discipleship? 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is discipleship. What is discipleship? What do you mean? Am I making disciples? You, therefore, my son. We all should have spiritual, spiritual children, so to speak. And, and, and it doesn't have to be an age thing. God's allowed me over the years to disciple people who are twice my age. It's not an age thing. You don't have to be older than the person. Because age in the, spirit, in the spiritual things is not age in the earthly things. You all following that? Someone could be saved for 50 years and have no discipleship in their life, have no depth to their life, have no depth to their faith, and another person could be saved for five months and have more depth than someone who's been saved for 50 years. So it's not an age thing of our own age. It's an, it's an experience. Experience. How many believe that's true? You see it in the Gospels. You see some of these, some of these disciples who went further faster than other people. So it was what they were willing to allow to be spoken into their life to give to others. And so he says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. And the things, what things? All the things that you have heard from me that come from the word of God among many witnesses, now commit those things to other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is our theme verse for discipleship. Okay, I'm going to read it again. And these things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others. But how many know that there has to be a lot of humility in that? Again, it's not like I'm going to come and lord it over you and say, you've got to listen to me because I know more than you do. You've got to listen to me. You watch. You know, that's not how it works. There's an attitude of humility that we can walk in our lives and we can say, Lord, help me. I mean, we need the Lord's help. Help me to teach other people around me. Help me to be the example to other people. Give me a spirit that people want to follow. Amen? When you're teachable, you're followable. When you're, hu when you're humble, that's attractive to people. When there's an there's a attitude of, I haven't arrived, I'm just really seriously understanding the walk that I'm in. And, 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 and fruit is coming behind you. When you see fruit in someone's life, you go, I want to follow that. You don't go, man, I'm going to go talk to that couple that argues all the time and always is mad at each other. And I hear nothing, bad about, nothing but bad things about them. I'm not going to ask them what, what they're doing to have a good marriage. Right? I mean, that's just an illogical example, but it's the truth. You're going to go follow somebody that you see fruit in their lives. And you're going to, and, and I've given this example many times over the years. Not the, not the only one, but I, I, if you remember, I said it a million times. I watched Pastor Bland raise his kids. I see his kids today, the way they're all serving God. And I watched, and so I could have asked anybody's kids, parents, but I watched over years those kids, how they acted. No one told me to, 
No one was going, hey, watch Pastor Blend's kids. I was watching. And I saw them in the prayer room. And I saw how they'd go to the altar. And I, I saw something that attracted me. I saw fruit in their lives. So then I went and asked him, what do you do with your kids? What are you doing with your kids? How many are following what I'm saying? If, you're, if you see chaos or problems, you're not going to talk bad about that person, but you're not going to want to be like them. And so we have to ask ourselves tonight, are, are we living a life that has is, 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 is got fruit in it so that other people will come behind and say, I want to learn what you've learned. Teach me something. Okay, and that's what discipleship is. Teaching to other witnesses, committing these things. I want to put it up there one more time, church. Today the gospel's here simply because those 12 men took this serious. I cannot stress it enough today, church, that we would not be here if those 12 men and all the people, men and women since who have advanced the gospel to 2023 in the other side of the world. Remember, we're on the other side of the world where the gospel started. If it wasn't for people passing that baton and, and, and committing these things that they learned to other people, we would not be here today. So we have to be responsible to think, if I don't pass this on to the next group, generation, this gospel is going to die with me. I don't want this gospel to die with me. I want it to go on to my kids and my grandkids and their grandkids. But I, I have to take responsibility for that. Thank God these people weren't comfortable, where they weren't lazy. They didn't make excuses. They didn't wonder if they were good enough. They just did what Jesus said to do. And they committed these things to faithful men who would be able to teach others also. Now let's look at Luke chapter 18. One of the things that happens in discipleship is there is a sacrifice. Okay, if you're going to make disciples, you're going to have to sacrifice time. You're going to have to make yourself available to people. And, and sometimes you're not going to feel like being available, but you make yourself available. Anytime, anywhere, any place, question, got a question, got a Got, got something, I'm here. Make yourself available. Sacrifice. How many know that really serving God, you got to give up some things? Really serving God, you got to give up some things. And so you see here that Jesus is teaching these disciples, and, and he's, he's pricking them. He's questioning them. He's asked them to leave their families and their jobs and follow him, and they've done it. And they've, now they're walking in it, and they're serving. And Peter gets to this place where he says, see, Lord, we have left all, and I want you to leave this part up for a second, because if you don't get anything else out of this message, this might be the best part. He says, see, we have left all. Now, what is all? To every person, that's different. It's not the same. It's not a recipe. It's whatever the Lord's asked you to leave. He says, we've left all and followed you. And watch what Jesus says. This is a powerful statement. He says, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parent, parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. See, this is telling us whatever you're willing to lay down is how much God will give you back. I know that's kind of deep, and you're going to have to think about that for a little while. You, 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 if you look at somebody's life who's got a lot of fruit in it, they've laid some things down. They've died at the altar. They, they've given some things up, and they were willing to do it. And so the, the reason they've gotten back is because God will give us back whatever we're willing to give up. Okay? How many are with me? That makes sense? So you, 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 you look at someone's life who's fruitful, it didn't just happen. It was a decision to say, Holy Spirit speaks to me on a Wednesday night in February and says, are you making disciples? And I say, I, Lord, ask me again. I'm, 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 I'm all here. Let me, let me see. Am I? Or am I not? Can I be better? Am I doing a good job? Am I failing? Where am I at, Lord? It's a constant exam examine in our lives to see where our hearts are. Now, here's what Jesus was saying in that verse. I will multiply, watch this, I will multiply what you give me. How many know if you don't give something up, he can't multiply it? What's he going to multiply? 
five times zero is what? You got to have something to multiply. So sometimes people want God's blessings, but they don't want to give anything up. So when we're willing to give up, God says, I've got something better for you. Whatever you're willing to give up, I'll multiply that. Now, here's some things I want you to think about. These are some things I, I, you might write these down. This is a teaching moment. This is important. A lot of people don't make disciples because they feel insignificant. Who am I? Who am I? What do I have to offer? That's exactly the answer. You're nothing but Jesus. If you've got Jesus, you've got everything. Jesus doesn't call the significant. Jesus doesn't call the qualified. Jesus doesn't call the ones who have it together. He qualifies those people. He calls people who are, if you look at who he called for the disciples, they were not the people we would have chosen. They're definitely not the people the world would have chosen. And that's where God gets the glory. So if you're thinking tonight, I'm insignificant, I have no talents, I have no abilities, you're in a good position. Because that's the kind of people God uses. How many remember the story of the, of the fish, the multiplication of the fish, the loaves and the fishes? How many know that God already had a plan that he was going to multiply those loaves and fishes? He was just looking for somebody who was willing to say, this is all I have. And the person who got the blessing was who? The one who, who was willing to give that little bit they had. Those who didn't have anything or how many know it's possible that day that there may have been some other people who had some loaves and fishes, but they didn't offer them. The person who got the blessing was the one who said, I know this is insignificant, but insignificance in God is greatness. And some of y'all get that later. God doesn't need your talent. He doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. He needs your willingness to trust his plan. God is a God of multiplication. God's a God of supernatural. So stop thinking, I can't disciple anybody because I don't have it together yet. You're never going to have it together in your estimation of what having it together is. What really having it together in God's estimation is a heart that is humble and a willingness to obey what he says and just simply do what he said to do, which was go and tell people about Jesus and live a life unto God and let other people follow and let everything else fall into place that's all he's asking us to do otherwise you're just going to keep missing out he's looking for someone to say God this is all I got and Jesus is like yes that's all I needed right there because I'm enough I got the power of multiplication I just need someone to be willing to give up their dinner and you think about fish and and, and bread, this is, this is this, I could take a lot of time, and I won't take too long. Some, some of us might have very few fish. In other words, our resources. But dedicate what you have to God and watch what God does with it. Fish is souls. Bread is provision. Now, I'm going to push through these fast. There, there, will, there will always be more than enough resources for what you need when you wake yourself available to God. Amen? How many believe that tonight? If there's a resource needed, God will make it happen if you'll make yourself available. Now, this is probably the point, along with that verse a minute ago, that I want you to get more than anything. Listen to this closely. The work of evangelism, the reach, is never complete until the one evangelized becomes an evangelizer. I'm going to read that again. Okay, this is very important because this is Bible multiplication. We cannot be the person who takes, as Jesus said, the lamp and hide it under the bushel. We have to do something with what God has given us. We cannot hoard our salvation. And so the work of evangelism, it has not really worked until the person who receives me, the evangelism, becomes an evangelizer. 
So somebody, listen, to make it simple, somebody who gets saved that does not reproduce themselves is not truly saved. Oh, it got quiet in here. That's, that's Bible truth. Because Jesus said, if you don't bear fruit, I will what? Cut you off, and that will be thrown into the fire. Has anybody ever read? Boy, it got quiet, and the air went off at the same time. Has anybody ever read the parable of the talents? What happens to the one who did not multiply himself? Two made more, five made more. He says, what you've been given, more will be given. He says, "What happened? take the one and throw him out into art or darkness. So church, it is a sin tonight to become evangelized and be saved and not become an evangelizer. So the gospel truly works. For example, our pastors who are preaching tonight, you know when that church starts to me, in my opinion? When they get a first convert saved. And that first convert might be the, the pastor himself, <laughs> might be the wife, might be a kid. doesn't matter. When someone gets saved, that church is started because that's why we sent them to save people. Okay, so listen closely to this again. The work of evangelism is not complete until the one who gets evangelized becomes an evangelizer. So if you've led someone to the Lord, you need to go talk to them and say, hey, we, we got to get some more people saved because you can't leave this with you. That's why I said you've got to get to heaven with at least one person. Amen. Are you making disciples? This, this reach, teach, send will test your heart. Reach, teach, sin will show you how much you're willing to trust God. This vision that is our vision, which is biblical, listen to this, will either frustrate you or transform you. One or the other. That's why I remember Pastor Jones saying, and, 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 and I didn't get it right away, but I, I got it now all these years later. We comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Just write that down. It's a good thing to write down. We comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. If we're comfortable, we need to be afflicted because we're not doing nothing. And when we're afflicted, God will comfort us. But there's something about understanding that this vision is going to either form you or it's going to frustrate you. Because this is big time business tonight. Can someone say amen? Making disciples is a daily work in our lives daily somebody say daily every day not just Wednesdays not just Sundays not maybe on a Thursday night in downtown but every day look what Acts 5 42 says and our and our example tonight is the book of Acts it says daily not on Sundays not on Wednesdays daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. We gotta, we, if we're going to make disciples, it's got to be a daily walk. We can't go on vacation from the Lord or, do, or be a part-time Christian. We've got to be all in, full-time evangelists. And remember tonight, especially if you're new, to this church, your job where you work is paying you to be an evangelist. You're a full-time evangelist, and your job's paying you to be there. Be an evangelist. Tell people what Jesus did for you. And if you're here tonight or you're watching online and you're thinking, man, what did Jesus do for me? Well, this is the moment of the service where you get to hear that what that is. He saved you. Because if you don't know what Jesus has done for you, you're not saved. I know where I'm supposed to be tonight. I know where I deserve to be tonight. But God. Lord, tonight are we making disciples as a church, as individuals? That's the Holy Spirit question. Lord, the harvest is plentiful. But the Bible says the laborers are few. Don't say wait four months and then comes the harvest. The harvest is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable day of the Lord. 
Lord, today's my day to stop making excuses. Today's my day to stop thinking I'm insignificant. Today's my day to stop thinking the little bit that I have isn't very much and realize that the little bit I have with God is more than enough. All I need tonight is a willingness to open my mouth and tell somebody what Jesus has done for me. Lord, every time in the Bible when we see someone get set free or get saved, the Bible says that they went into this city they came from and they became evangelists and they told people, come and listen about the man who told me everything I've ever done. God, you've done so many miracles in this place. So many testimonies of grace and mercy. Lord, help us to make disciples. Help us to multiply ourselves with other people. Help us, Lord, to be evangelists full-time every day, everywhere we go, sharing the gospel truth, the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus. Lord, don't let us hide that coin. Don't let us keep that coin to ourselves, Lord. Don't let us keep that talent to ourselves. Let us multiply it. And, Lord, we can't change people, but all we've been asked to do is tell people. You're the one who changes them. You're the one who deals with them. But Lord, help us live a life that's in such a way that people will want to be like us. They'll follow us as we follow Christ. How will we be known? You said we would be known by our fruits. Lord, all across this house, all across this congregation, touch hearts, touch minds, touch spirits. How many in this place tonight, you're listening to the voice of God speaking to you right now. You're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he's telling you, I'm calling you tonight to be a disciple maker. I'm calling you tonight to tell others what I've done for you. And tonight you're going to answer that call. You're going to say, Lord, I'm done making excuses. I'm going to disciple people. I'm going to be a difference maker. I'm going I'm to tell people what Jesus has done for me. Or maybe you're here tonight and you've never been born again. Doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. Doesn't matter how many how many Bibles you have in your house. Doesn't matter if you have perfect attendance. Have you been born again? Are you bearing fruit tonight? How many tonight can say, Pastor, before we leave this place, I need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. This is beyond a, a mental understanding. It's a heart understanding. Just lift up your hand all across this place and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved tonight. I want to be born again tonight. I want to have my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I want a, a fresh start tonight. All across this place, just say, that's me. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? That's me. I want to make sure tonight that heaven is my home. I'm still figuring this thing out. I'm still understanding that I don't deserve any of this. I'm not good enough to have any of this, but I just have to believe that Jesus took my place. Jesus paid a price I could never pay. I owed a debt I could never pay, but he paid it for me. Let's just stand all across this place, and we're going to pray tonight for salvation, and then we're going to spend some time at the feet of Jesus, and we're going to ask him, Lord, help me to make disciples. Help me to be an example. We're going to pray this with those watching tonight online. Those tonight that may be backslidden. Those that are, are running from the Lord. As I'm praying right now, church, I, I want you to begin to think of somebody right now. As we're praying at this very moment, I want you to think of someone in this church that you know that hasn't been coming. They may have already popped into your mind. I want you to think of somebody you haven't seen for a while. And I want you to reach out to them before Sunday. And I want you to tell them, God has a word for you on Sunday. God has a word for you. Reach out to him. That's your job. God's job is to touch him. God's job is to prepare him. But your job is to reach out and say, the Lord puts you on my heart. And you wouldn't be lying because you just thought of him. You just thought of that person. The Lord puts you on my heart. And I want to reach out to you and say, would you please come this Sunday? God's got a word for you. We've got people, just like every church, that have backslidden have gone back to their old ways. Some of you know who they are. Some of you don't know who they are. We don't know once they're gone where they're at, but we know there's a lot of faces that we haven't seen for a while. Let's pray for them to come back. But don't just say, Lord, let someone else touch them. Why don't you text them? Why don't you think of somebody? I sent that text out last night. Church, how many believe time is short? 
short. We're living in crazy days. Crazy days. The return of Jesus is yesterday. It's not next year. It's yesterday. It's, it's at any moment. We got to get people saved. We got to, we got to, you know what? Backslidden people are what we call low hanging fruit. They know the truth. They just need someone to think, you know what? It needs to be someone that's not the pastor. Hopefully it's someone you might not even talk to very much. Let them hear from somebody they don't even know. Get that number from somebody. If someone, if someone puts someone in your heart right now and you don't even know them well, go find out who's got their number. That'll speak to them. Someone they don't, they don't say, man, I don't even know who that person is. But wow, they thought enough to call me or text me and tell me that they're missing me at church. Just do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Because church, time is short. Time is short. Let's say this with these people watching online, listening on the podcast. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize time is short. Time is of the essence. Tomorrow is not promised. Today is my day, the day of my salvation. I cry out to you. I confess to you that I am rebellious. I'm a sinner. I fall short. I've made excuses. I've made mistakes. But I call on your mercy tonight and your grace. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me from all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead for my life and my eternity. I give it back to you tonight. And from this day forward, I'm going to live my life for you. Yesterday is over. Tomorrow's not here yet. Today is my day. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise for those tonight that said that prayer. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.